welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author and visionary who has written over 37 books spanning four decades on nutrition and healthy living. For more information, check out annelouise.com. This episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee. Anne Louise recommends Purity Coffee because of their proprietary roasting method, which gives Purity 65% higher levels of antioxidants than any other organic coffees. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now your host, nutrition, diet, detox, and environmental visionary and the first lady of nutrition, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I'm Anne Louise Gittleman, your host. And today it's my distinct pleasure to welcome Paula Baker Laporte, who is a green architect, building biologist, who specializes in the creation of environmentally sound and health-enhancing homes. Clients range from extremely health-challenged individuals to robustly healthy people who want to seek optimal environments. Welcome, Paula Baker Laporte. Paula, you are a building biologist. Tell my listeners what that means. Sure. Um, I am an architect by profession, and um, I became ill from chemical sensitivities and began to research how I could build better and found there was very little information out there except to build as we've always built and then cover everything with plastic so the poisons didn't get us and pump fresh air in. Uh, and that being an organic food grower and eater, that just didn't feel right to me. Then I came across building biology. So Balbiology, uh, the, the German translation um, for building biology began really in the 60s in Germany. Uh, and there, because of mass rebuilding after World War II and using all of those great new chemicals they invented mm. during the war in new buildings people were becoming very sick and they wanted to get to the bottom of why people were becoming sick and so this was a multidisciplinary started out as a multidisciplinary task force um, to study what makes humans thrive in the built environment and they created 25 principles for building for health and ecology and this was the first thing I read that made sense to me. So I um, I dove in heart and soul, first to make myself better, and then as an offering for clients ever since. So what do you do for clients? Do you actually come to their homes? Can you consult over the internet? How does your business work? Yes, so um, there are many building biology home inspectors who actually come and uh, do a house call just like doctors used to and take the pulse of the home um, they'll and they'll look for what is making a home sick but as an architect um, our greatest love is building homes that will be healthy from the get-go and remain that way so that's our passion and then over the years our um, company has um, developed a, a consulting arm uh, it was one of those things that um life did while we were busy making other plans literally uh -huh. and it's been and very it's life does yeah and so during covid uh, we began to do a lot more online uh, consulting and realized that this is a very viable way to work 
So once an inspector goes in or someone knows what's happening with their home, the part we three, we really can help people with is rebuilding it. Or if they're starting from scratch, then we work with their architect and builder teams and we can do that. Um, we've worked in Europe and all across North America, Central America, a little bit in South America, and we can do a lot of that online. But what mistakes are people making? What are the biggest mistakes you're finding that need correction? Well, we always, um, it never ceases to amaze me um, what kind of mistakes can be made in building. It used to be uh, people would call up because they bought a brand new house and it's full of chemicals. And what can they do? Um, and that that has gotten quite a bit better. But now um, there seems to be a lot more mold sensitive people and electromagnetically sensitive people and both. And uh, much of that is due to the failure of the home. In some way, moisture's gotten into that home. So we're, um, it's not a matter of uh, changing materials and filtering. It's a matter of digging a little deeper into the envelope and seeing what can be done. And uh, I've been in a, a, the fortunate position for me and unfortunate for many of these people that uh, once we have a broad spectrum of how buildings are failing, we, it gives us great insight into what to do from the get-go so that they don't fail in the future. Uh, big mistakes people are doing that are unique to North America, uh, light frame construction, which 90% of our homes are built of, are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to moisture, uh, uh, infestation from uh, rodents, insects, uh, penetration from electromagnetic radiation. Uh, we drive, or the general population drives its car right into the house in this big room called a garage. Mm. That's not properly separated. Um, there's wiring mistakes in homes. Uh, people aren't hardwired, which they could be uh, on and on. And of course, still chemicals chemicals used to build the building and chemicals used to maintain it. You know, I'm interested in the EMF connection. How do you check for EMFs? Do you actually have very high powered meters that you use? I, um, so at, at my end, we write detailed specifications about how to wire a home properly, et cetera. But uh, to inspect a home properly, you really need, um, a specialized person, electromagnetic radiation specialist to come in because there are many types of meters and, and um, available and usually a non-professional does not have them all and would not want to invest in them all for a one-time inspection or learn how to use them. So uh, is that where a building biologist comes in handy? That's one of the areas. So building biology uh, the uh, the institute, the Building Biology Institute in the USA, has an electromagnetic radiation specialist certification. So this EMRS, as they're called, go through uh, a more rigorous training to get that certification. And the ones who have gone on to do it professionally do it all the time. 
you know, years ago when we built our home in 2003, I had several people from the building biologist group come to the house. But I'm really curious because there's so much more 5G. Is there anything you can do to protect against it? Yes, um, there are several people who are really specializing in shielding. Uh, we have uh, one home that we're doing in New Mexico now. The walls are, are already mass walls. So they attenuate some of it. And then um, we worked with one specialist called Michael Schwabe and he's using a um, carbon uh, mesh on the outside of the building. And so they, before the buildings even anywhere near completion, they were able to run testing by putting one bin window in and uh, properly attach, attaching this and measuring. So we know the results are gonna be good. And there are copper systems. So there's several systems out there. There's paints. Um, so as I understand it, the devil's in the detail. How do you join yes. the pieces? That's what they say. Are you familiar with the Memon products, M-E-M-O-N? No. What is that? I want you to check them out. I'm, my whole house is now Memonized. It's the latest, greatest German uh products to protect against EMFs that changes the oscillation of the wave. The First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee with 65% higher levels of antioxidants than other organic coffees. Purity Coffee uses third-party labs to test for pesticides, mold, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. Purity Coffee also uses a proprietary roasting protocol that retains high levels of bioactive compounds and that have been linked to specific health benefits and is especially supportive of the heart and liver, which Anne Louise writes about in Radical Metabolism and Radical Longevity. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. That's puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the podcast. But I'm interested in your new book, most of all, Prescriptions for a Healthy House. I once wrote a... Um, was a proposal for a book called Healing for a Healthy Home. So now I want to know what this wonderful book contains. Sure. Um, a little history. We wrote the first edition in 1998. The second one, I think in 2002, then in 2008. And each time I thought, well, this will be the last time we need to write it because, of course, everyone will be building for health as their main priority. Um, that didn't quite unfold that way. So this um, latest fourth edition is once again, um, there's very little of what was in the previous edition in this one is greatly expanded. And uh, there's a lot of new information out there. There's a lot of new ways to find information out there. And this time we've expanded it uh, to talk a lot about what to do after the home is built to maintain it as a healthy home. So it's a guide for architects, builders, and homeowners. That's right. Where do we get this book? Because everybody has a home or an apartment or a little Pueblo. So where do we purchase the book? Well, if you want to purchase it directly from the author, uh, which would be greatly appreciated, uh, go to our website, Econest Architecture, Dot com, and um, on the homepage, you can scroll about halfway down, and you'll uh, 
see a little booklet about the book that shows the table of contents and what's in it. And then you can go to our shop uh, for your listeners. If they enter the code ECO10, we will give them a 10% discount. And we can now ship those all over the world. Uh, Amazon has made that very easy for us. And then you can also, of course, buy it on Amazon. Um, and uh, Amazon also has a Kindle edition. Excellent. So do you cover indoor air pollution? Absolutely. Uh, from many, many aspects. Uh, we teach people how to vet materials so they can see what they're adding. We talk about good filtration, methods of testing, what to do if you're chemically sensitive, because as you know, and these people who are sensitive um, you can take five products that generally check out to be good products and they may be well with one of them and not with the other four. So we talk about how some of the sensitivities may proceed as well. So what about toxic building products? <clears throat> can standard materials hurt you? Sure. It's uh, still just as possible to build a home that begins to poison you on move-in day. Uh, we have one, uh, some great additional tools and one additional um, drawback. And that drawback is people are now interested in this topic. And so there's a lot of mislabeling or uh, misconceptions around uh, false sense of uh, safety on products. For example, if something says it's VOC free, it doesn't mean it doesn't contain harmful VOCs. It just means that it doesn't contain harmful VOCs that were tagged by the EPA as being pollutants and ozone depleters outdoors. So oh there's, and then um, there's a whole category that very few red lists, very few um, that is exempt from labeling, which is SVOCs, those are these semi-volatile organic compounds, uh, which as you probably know are, are um, things that are not gaseous, but as a product breaks down, they become respirable and are highly toxic, such as um, many fire retardants. So, so if, if you go through each room in the house, what do you look for? Let's take the kitchen. What kind of hazardous materials could be leaking or hurting you? Well, the first place we look, uh, or I would look if I were uh, doing house calls, it would be under the sink oh, to wow. see what the homeowner is using. And um, as uh, the one thing we have very, we know a little bit, but not enough, is what do two chemicals do when they interact together? But if you mix two chemicals that you might find under any uh, sink, such as uh, Clorox and ammonia, which people love to use for uh, cleaning, if you mix them together, you get something called nerve gas. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Um, what pesticides are there? So what is being used on Are things scented? What is being used on a day-to-day -day basis? But taking a kitchen, let's take a, let's look at a kitchen. But uh, come, to, come to my house, by the way. I'm in <laughs> Idaho. You're in Oregon, yes? Well, next time in I I'm in Idaho, I would love to see your house. I'd love you to come person. to my house. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Back to um, the kitchen. So first of all, building a kitchen. A kitchen is a very uh, mold prone part of the home because uh, it's full of plumbing and appliances. So 
let's look at that basic level and then we'll look at chemicals too. So what are some of the things you can do to keep a kitchen safer? Um, the refrigerator, people rarely pull out the refrigerator, but somewhere in there, there's um, co condensation collecting and it's supposed to all evaporate, but so you've got, uh, you may have a pan that's accessible and is pretty moldy. People don't go behind and it's often only accessible from the back. So people often don't clean the back of the refrigerators because they can't get at them. So a simple thing like introducing casters for the refrigerator and explaining the need. So um, the refrigerator, the dishwasher, many of them now have flood control. If you've ever had a, a dishwasher flood, you know what kind of damage it can do. If you happen to be away or if it gets under the kick space, um, you can develop a mold problem really easily. When you're building a kitchen, um, often cabinets go on concrete slabs if it's on slab, which I love slab construction for other reasons, um, but it can contain a lot of moisture till it dries out. And um, John, my co-author has found mold on the underside of cabinet boxes because no one tested the slab to see if it was dry enough before those were put on. And this is very common. Mm -hmm. What can you do? Uh, we're doing houses with removable kick spaces, for example. So if something leaks or molds, you can get back there and clean it up. And while you're under construction, you can leave those off till move-in day. And but how would you clean the mold, Paula? How would you actually clean the mold? Well, right now we're talking about water so that it doesn't get moldy. But once something gets does develop mold, then um, that's when you call up my co-author, John Banta, or uh, a company that does serious mold remediation. Because you can't just, um, people make mistakes with mold cleaning, cleaning up mold themselves and end up spreading it or getting sick. So it's really important when mold, if it does develop, that you call in the right people. Um, so that you don't spread the spores throughout your house or you don't treat it in some way that makes it angry. Because angry mold puts off toxins called mycotoxins mm -hmm. that for, I believe for almost, for all of us are far more toxic than the molds themselves or can be. And so it's uh, that serious business. But when we build, we can build so that you can do certain things that will prevent that scenario. The biggest thing is educate the homeowner, of course, so they know. Um, what, what about the microwave in the kitchen? Um, well, if you ever saw the fields that a microwave puts off, you would consider not having one at all, mm. although they're, they're great for putting those things that warm your neck up if you have a... <laughs> but um, you want to... You know, it's, it's a large field. So you want to, first of all, make sure that the microwave door is not leaky. And we, we list in our book, please don't ask me to uh, tell you offhand, what, but there is a meter available so you can home test your microwave. They are designed so that they don't leak, but it, they can leak if even a small piece of paper is caught in the door. So then you have, um, you're leaking uh, serious levels of microwaves. But just the magnetic field and um, other fields given off when operating a microwave are very strong. 
and they go through walls. So you, if you must have one, locate it away from where you're doing your living and use it prudently. Ours is in the garage. That's a good place. And we keep it un, unplugged. Good. Is your garage detached? No. So this is common. And um, can I skip to the garage? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What a good segue. Yeah. Yes. So and when I garage. was in my uh, heyday of being chemically sensitive, when my nose was, um, when I was like a hound dog with my nose, I could walk into a house blindfolded and tell you if there was an attached garage by the smell of the house. Oh my gosh. Um, and why is that? Well, we park cars and we, you know, we keep all kinds of things in our garage, but we park our cars in there. And, um, you know, even if you have an electric car and there's no engine running, you've still got a hulking mass of heavy metal and rubber that's heated and you pull it in there and there's um, definite outgassing from it. So how do you manage this? You, the kind of strategy is to try to keep the garage, make it airtight from the house. Um, and this is a, you know, a process we describe in our book, but it's multi-pronged. You have to do many things to make an airtight garage. And I wouldn't say you can ever succeed 100%, but you can definitely, uh, you can definitely far improve it. Uh, then you want to vent that garage uh, with a motorized exhaust vent so you can help keep that garage negatively pressurized compared to the house and get rid of the fumes as they come in. Um, so if you turn on, you know, usually the garage is beside the kitchen. And if you turn on the kitchen fan, which most people, well, you should be turning on a kitchen fan when you're cooking, and there isn't a fresh air exchange with that fan, which... Um, uh, in residences, uh, 99, probably 0.9% of homes don't have um, any kind of makeup air, then you're pulling air from wherever the house can get it. And if the garage is right next to it um, and it's not 100% sealed, you're going to be pulling in those gases. Mm. So that's, that's what we're trying to do is um, look at the whole building as an organism and make sure that that part of the house is as isolated as can be and exhausting to the outside. Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health, unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. What about the bedroom? The bedroom is the most important room in the house. I'm sure that's why you mention it. You bet. So, uh, of course, that's where we heal. Hopefully for at least eight hours. It's estimated we spend a third of our time in there. And that time that we do spend in there is our recuperation time. So if there are no other tragedies going on in in your home and you want to make and you don't have an unlimited budget 
and you want to make one room work for you, the bedroom is it. And, um, so what do we do to keep it a sanctuary for healing? Sure. So where do we start? It starts <laughs> with what's there. Uh, does it have carpeting? Uh, often, you know, if it has um, carpeting, one of the first things I would suggest is pulling out the carpeting so that it's a cleanable room. If it's full of clutter, that's where you start. Um, you know, checking the electromagnetics, especially in your bedroom, is is very important because very you're, important. You know, when they came to my house, we have a um, a big tower that faces the um, the bedroom and is pointed directly to my head. Mm. So <laughs> it was extraordinary to see the high readings on the meter. So, so we have special curtains that block the EMFs. I hope they're still working. They're liver. They're silver infused. Mm -hmm. Sure, and a lot of people are are in that same position that suddenly they have a cell tower, even if they didn't have it when they first moved in. Exactly. So, uh, of course, now before the days of cell towers, the bedroom still was, um, we had, you know, turning off the electricity at night. Do you do that, Louise and Louise? We used to. I've gotten lazy because I ground at night. Yeah. Well, then it says um, if you're grounding at night, which is uh, lovely, you need especially to make sure uh, that you turn it off because you become a bit of an antenna if there's anything going on. Turn off the electricity at night. Mm -hmm. I'm telling Matt, my IT expert, remind me to tell James no more electrical yeah. at night. Yeah. Now, if, you're, uh, if your wiring is circuited, in a good way. In other words, when you turn off the circuits to your bedroom, you're not turning off a refrigerator or anything. You can get a remote control uh, demand switch. So it's not a matter of- uh, We used to have all that, but I've gotten lazy. That's why you have to come and visit. Well, I'll visit if you get me a demand switch in my, where I'm staying. I'm coming to move in, you know, so I'll be there overnight. Okay, okay. <laughs> you're totally welcome. But, um, yeah, it makes a difference. All these, you know, uh, what is asked what the most important thing is? It's the hundred, hundred little things. If there's nothing, one big thing going on that makes a house vibrant. Is your bed organic? Are your sheets organic? Are there, uh, is it free of scented products? Is electromagnetics good? Is, um, is it black enough at night? You want it dark. You know, to just to make up for all that blue light we seem to be exposed to during the day on screens. Um, is it soundproof? Is it um, is it delightful? You know, that, as an architect, that's you know, get that's the little stuff, and the big stuff is: is it a beautiful place to be that delights your soul that you want to go to rest in? Is it restful? <laughs> yes, on most of that, except for the electrical switch at night. Well, that's doable, though. We just need a little reminder. A little a big reminder. Yeah. You do everything right, but it's that the hundredth little thing that you're not doing correctly. Very interesting. Are you a believer in grounding? Yes, um, I I am. Um, the you know this is often asked to our electromagnetic specialists, and the bottom line uh, that any building biologist will tell you, it's a great idea if there's nothing else going on in the room. Because if you're the only grounded thing in the room, you become an antenna. 
I think our our room is grounded. It's got that black carbon paint. So you're blocking uh, radio frequencies. Um, and if you shut off your electricity, then, you know, the electric um, lines, even though there's um, magnetic fields and when you shut something off, but the electric fields sit in those um, wires, kind of, a, it's often uh, likened to water sitting in a plumbing pipe. It doesn't go away when you shut the, the sink off, it stays in the pipes. And it's the same with electric fields. And these are subtleties for most people, unless you're hypersensitive, but um, we are subtle beings. Uh, I think we're we're so much more subtle. Exquisitely, than... some of us are exquisitely sensitive. I'm one yes. of those. I'm the canary in the coal mine. Mm -hmm. So you write, we shape our buildings and our buildings shape us. Tell me as we start to wind down about cleaning products. What are we doing wrong cleaning wise? Are you getting the house clean? First of all, how are you cleaning? So techniques. We use, um... we use Melaleuca. It's a tea tree oil product. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's been a long, long time since I've looked at the ingredients, but you know, you could get, um, I believe they're all revealed. So you could do, um, uh, look at the SDSs and and break it down, see if there's anything in there you would, would not use. Some people can't do essential oils. Um, in our book, we have um, the woman who invented Branch Basics, which is a product I, I would say I think the most highly of, of all the cleaning products I use in my house, wrote an article about why she developed this cleaning line and what it took. She had a son who was essentially one of those bubble kids, and she couldn't find cleaning products that would work. And so they, that's what she took on. And now it's several decades later, and they have a beautiful product out there. So that's oh, another thing Branch basics. It's in it's in your book, that wonderful book called Prescriptions for a Healthy House. Yes, we have many cleaning products, cleaning methods, and then we have um, essays by various building biologists from around the country. And Marilee um, Nelson is the one who wrote the one on the making of a line of healthy cleaning products. And so it's a good article to read because it tells you what can be in cleaning products that you don't want as well. So everybody has to get this book, Prescriptions for a Healthy House, a Practical Guide for Architects, Builders, and Homeowners. And they can get it. Tell us again where your website is. Uh, econestarchitecture.com. Econest, N-E-S-T. Mm -hmm. So E-C-O-N-E-S-T, architecture, A-R, oh, don't ask me, A-R-C-H-I-T-U-R-E. Excellent. But don't you think everybody that lives in a home, a building, or a Pueblo needs the book? I think that everyone should have it. Should have a copy of that book. Um, if you are a homeowner and you have insomnia, then go ahead, go right ahead, and read all the technical parts because it will help you sleep. <laughs> I love it. What's up next for you, Paula Baker Laporte? I am getting on in years. I, I um. I, we have such an alive practice right now. It's, it's so much fun that it's better than it's ever been before. Uh, and uh, I have, I am bringing some two valuable ladies into the practice. They will be partners with me as of the new year.
And these are who, who are those ladies, may I ask? Yes, Andrea Allen Sis, who um, is my absolute right hand. She teaches me now. Uh, she does uh, helps me with all of the consulting work, and uh, she has taken a deep, deep, deep dive into vetting materials, finding out what's in. She's a great detective. She teaches this to our building biology students, and she teaches our readers what you can do. Um, but there's a lot to know, so most people just call us up to do it, and uh, then um, May uh, May Yuki is also and Andrea just just became um, a licensed architect and Mayuki is an inch away from getting her licensing. They've been interns with me for many years and um, May is also with everyone is cross trained. Um, Andrea is getting her her building biology her BBNC certification which is new build consulting and May is completing her electromagnetic radiation specialty. So. Wonderful, wonderful news. Best of luck to you, Paula. Thank you so much for having me on, Anne Louise. And um, I'm an admirer of yours, so it's a really an honor to be here. So thank you. Thank you, and thank all my listeners for listening yet once again to First Lady of Nutrition Podcast. Have a blessed, healthy, and indoor pollutant-free week, my friends. Shalom uvracha. And please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.